0: Hey, what's going on, SG Squared listener Jason Banzoff here, producer for the Group Talk Network of Podcasts. We're going to be playing some former episodes to give you new content every single week. Some of these may be from the past couple of years, but they are still relevant today. You may hear something about COVID or some other things that may have gone at that time, so don't be worried. We did not go back in time. However, uh, these are going to be great episodes for you to listen to, so make sure you tune in to SG Squared every single week. Now on to the episode. Hello, and welcome to SG Squared. Steve Gladen, Global Small Groups Pastor at Saddleback Church, pulls from his 20 plus years of small group ministry experience to encourage and equip listeners to lead more effective small group ministry. Sit back, learn, and enjoy SG Squared with Steve Gladen.
1: In this episode, we are talking about 10 principles of exponential thinking, and Steve, can you kind of tee up this topic for our listeners before we get into this?
2: yeah I mean uh people may be a you know we'll, we'll talk a little bit about exponential thinking uh, but one of one of the things that is really important is that you know we we at the airing of this recording we, you know, we're kind of moving towards summer and summer is a great time to be thinking through okay how are we gonna how are we gonna hit the fall how are we gonna hit the fall running and part of what i want to make sure that you understand is that there are some critical things that happen in getting your mindset, And this particular talk that actually we're going to cut into Rick Warren doing a staff meeting talking about exponential thinking that I think it's really going to help you as a small group point person start to understand how my thinking is shaped is going to be super important to how I do goal setting and how I get things done in our small group ministry.
1: Well said. So for listeners, uh, kind of tell us, Why is exponential thinking important and kind of what is it exactly?
2: Well, you know, kind of on the back end, you're going to, you're going to, you know, get some snapshots of, uh, of how this applies to you as a small group point person. So hang on through the rest of the show. Uh, After Rick's done, we're going to kind of give you some uh, points of, you know, how do you apply it to your small group ministry? But you know, one of the things that's super important for for us as as we're in in ministry is understanding that goal setting uh, can happen in a couple of different forms. And when you're looking at goal setting, if you don't have the exponential thinking, it's going to be very one dimensional or two dimensional. And what exponential thinking does is it takes you into a three dimensional world of goal setting to help you kind of reach some plateaus that you never thought you could do before and you know of course everyone's out there going hey so what what exactly is it so let me uh without any further ado of derek and i babbling on about college football or the nfl draft let me uh lead you into the uh 10 principles for exponential thinking we're going to be joining rick he's midway into a staff meeting with us uh, at saddleback church and Have an enjoy and uh, listen to this.
3: One of the principles that Saddleback is built on is what I call exponential thinking. And that's your notes. Pull out your notes. Exponential thinking is one of the values of our church, and it's been quite a long time since I taught on this, so I thought since it would be a good refresher course, and some of you have never even heard about this concept of exponential thinking. Exponential thinking is a way of believing God for things that you've never believed God for. It's a way of dreaming great dreams. Exponential thinking is thinking bigger than you've ever done before. Exponential thinking is believing as Gideon, maybe God could use me to liberate an entire nation. Exponential thinking is thinking so big that Abraham's saying, I only have one son, but one day I'll be the father of a great nation with millions of people. That's exponential thinking. Exponential think, thinking is Andrew and Alyssa saying, We're going to go to Moscow, two Americans, and we're going to plant a church in the heart of that city, and we're going to reach people for Christ. And we're going to be scared to death to do it, but that's called courage. Courage is not the absence of fear, courage is doing the thing you fear. If you're not afraid, you're not courageous. If you're not afraid, you're not doing it in faith. And the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. And the Bible says whatever is not a faith is sin. So how much did you please God today? If you didn't do it in faith, you didn't please God. How much did you sin today? If you didn't do it in faith, you sinned. The Bible says according to your faith, it will be done unto you. You get to choose how much I bless your life. How much is God blessing your life? I can tell you right now exactly what you expect them to do. Because God always moves according to our expectations. Why does God use me? Not because I'm any better than anybody else, I'm not. Not because I'm more godly or more perfect. No, I'm very flawed, you know that. God uses me because I expect him to. Not because of who I am, but because of who Jesus is. Not because of what I do, but because of what Jesus has done. It's called grace. Grace is the fact that God knows every mistake I'm gonna make in ministry and he still chose me. Grace is the fact that God knows every dumb thing you're gonna do in ministry and he still chose you. So God says, I work in your life according to faith. God pays no attention to our whining, God pays no attention to our complaining. When you don't like what goes on in your life. God pays attention to your faith. And if you don't expect him to change it, guess what? You won't be disappointed. The person who says, I can, and the person who says, I can't, are both right. According to your faith, it will be done unto you. So when we talk about exponential faith or exponential thinking, we're talking about the difference between addition and multiplication. Exponential is multiplying, multiplying. Let me give you an example of this. I grew up in Northern California. In our backyard, we had a little tiny lake. It was a pond. It was about an acre of water. And uh, some lily pads got planted in there. Some bird came along and pooped and dropped a seed, and the lily pad started to grow. Now, lily pads, you know what I'm talking about in water? You know, they come up and they, they, they grow from the bottom, but the, the top is on the water, and frogs sit on them and ribbit, ribbit, you know. <laughs> okay, lily pads are really beautiful, but they're death to a pond. <laughs> Most people don't know that... Uh, lily pads, most lily pads can multiply 100% in 24 hours. They can double. So if you get one lily pad in your pond, and it's this kind of exponential growth lily pad, tomorrow you'll have two. And the next day you're going to have four. And the next day you're going to have Eight. And the next day, you're going to have 16. And the next day, 32, then 64, and 128, then 356, and on and on and on. Now, the point is this. When the lily pads start to grow on the pond, people look at it and go, isn't that beautiful? (laughs) But they don't realize how insidious the exponential growth of a lily pad is. Because lilies suck the oxygen out of the water. And it kills all the fish. You get too many lily pads, it kills all the fish, just like too much algae does. Which, by the way, we need to get the algae out of the the lake at Rancho Capo. Lily
2: pad.
3: Lily pad, exactly, exactly, lily pads. And and so what happens is people, they watch this growth going, and they say, isn't that pretty, all those lily pads? And one day they wake up, and the pond is half covered with lily pads. And they go, we better do something about this. And they go to sleep and they don't do anything about it. And the next day they wake up and the pond is covered because it only took one more day. That's exponential growth. Now, this is what we want to see happen with the gospel. Most churches, the reason they don't grow is they, they live by addition rather than multiplication. They add members, they don't multiply members, they add members. They don't they all add add a service. They add a class. They add a building. Addition will never win the world because the population of the world is exponentially increasing. Does that make sense? In other words, it's not we're not like adding two new people today and two new people tomorrow and two new the next day. Those four are adding four more, adding eight more, adding sixteen more. So the growth of the of the, the world is exponential. The only thing that can win the world is exponential growth in the church. Exponential growth in the church. So we have to be as viral as the the, the population is. This is why we are starting churches around the world because we want exponential growth. We don't want simply, uh, you know, we could be a little happy little church and say, next year we'll add 100 new members here at Saddleback. And next year after that, 2015, we'll add 100 more members. And next year after that, we'll add 100 more members. And next year after that, 100 more. Well, that's fine, except the world's going to hell while we're adding. So the only way to fulfill the Great Commission is exponentially, through multiplication. Now, I'm going to take about five, ten minutes to go through this outline. It doesn't take very long to do it. But I want you to see how exponential, the principle of multiplication is all through Scripture. When man does it, it's by addition. When God does it, he does it by multiplication. Multiplication is the method. This has implications for your ministry. It has implications for your team. It has implications for your marriage, for your life, and every other area. So let's just go through this together. Number one, this is on thinking exponen- exponential growth is possible. That's the first thing you need to understand. That exponential growth, or growing not by addition but by multiplication, is possible. I'm just giving you a couple of examples here. Genesis 47, 27, then Israel settled in the land of Egypt in the region of Goshen, and they gained possession of it. And they were fruitful, and they multiplied exceedingly. Circle the phrase, multiplied exceedingly. The reason why Pharaoh got scared, he was frightened by the slaves that he'd taken, is because they grew faster than the Egyptians. There was exponential growth. When the the 12 tribes moved down to Egypt, before they were taken as slaves, there were just maybe a few hundred of them. But after a period of time, they kept multiplying and multiplying and multiplying and multiplying. And pretty soon, there's like a million of them. And this scares Pharaoh because he goes, wait a minute, I got a million people. We got to put them in slavery. Why? Because God's people were exponentially growing. Exodus 1 verse 7, it said, but their descendants had many children and grandchildren. In fact, they multiplied so quickly, they soon filled the land like the lily pet. So exponential growth is possible. There's an example of a nation growing exponentially. The future of the world can be said in three words, urban, young, and Asian. The future of the world is urban, young, and Asian. Why? Because in, in those areas, that's where exponential growth is happening. Europe is now at zero population growth. America would be at zero population growth if it weren't for immigrants. Japan is actually at a negative population growth. In other words, they've got fewer people this year than they had last year. But the rest of Asia is exploding exponentially. So exponential growth is possible. Everything you look at has the potential for exponential growth. There was a guy who took making coffee and made it grow exponentially. It's called today Starbucks. He went from one store to multiplying stores every day. And they were starting like five a day. It's just multiplying, it's exploding. Krispy Kremes had one store, then exponential growth, they went all over the place. Number two, exponential growth is the New Testament model. Exponential growth is the New Testament model. This is the way God wants his church to grow. Acts chapter 6, verse 7. The word of God increased and the numbers of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. Circle multiplied greatly, that's exponential growth. That's the way God wants his church to grow. Number three, exponential growth brings honor to God. This is why I want to talk to you about it. Isaiah 26, verse 15, Lord, you multiplied the number of your people. You multiplied them and brought honor to yourself. Now notice that verse, God says, I gave myself honor by multiplying the number of my people. First in the nation of Israel and today in the church. See, we limit God when we think of addition instead of multiplication, adding members, adding classes, adding services. We have to think virally. Will this multiply? Number four, exponential growth captures the attention of the unbelieving world. Exponential growth captures the attention of the unbelieving world. Exodus 1.12, but the more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more quickly the Israelites multiplied. (laughs) The Egyptians soon became alarmed. Same thing happened in Acts. Acts 5.28, you filled Jerusalem with your teaching. Acts 17.6, you've turned the world upside down. What happened here? The church exponentially exploded so fast that the Jewish leaders got concerned. In the nation of Egypt, the Jews exploded so exponentially. It it caused them alarm. It gets the attention of the unbelieving world. Okay? Number six, exponential growth is caused by God. Exponential growth is caused by God. Deuteronomy 1.10 says, The Lord your God has multiplied you. He was the one who did it. And behold, you are this day as the stars of heaven for multitude. So God did the multiplying. Number six, exponential growth is the result of God's blessing on your life. This is an important one. Exponential growth is the result of God's blessing on your life. Isaiah 51, verse 2. Ponder Abraham, your father, and Sarah, who bore you. Think of it. One solitary man when I called him. But once I blessed him, he multiplied. Circle the phrase, once I blessed him, he multiplied. We are praying for exponential growth at Saddleback Church as we launch all around the world how do we get that once i blessed him he multiplied another example of this was isaac look at the next verse genesis 26 12 that year isaac's crops were tremendous he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted why for the lord blessed him Exponential growth is a result of God's blessing on your life. So if you want your ministry to expand exponentially, you've got to get God's blessing on your life. Number seven, exponential growth makes God smile. Exponential growth makes God smile. He rewards it. Luke 19, verses 16 and 17 says this. The first servant reported a tremendous gain. This is, you know, the parable of the, of the talents. He came 10 times as much as the original amount. Well done, the king exclaimed. You're a trustworthy servant. You've been faithful with little I entrusted to you, so you will be governor of 10 cities as your reward. Now, there's two parables of stewardship in scripture. One is the parable of the 10 minus, and the other is the parable of the, the 10 talents. And God gives one guy one talent, one guy five talent, one guy 10. You know that guy with 10, he goes out and he doubles it. That's exponential growth the guy with five talents he goes out and he doubles it that's exponential growth the guy with one talent buries it in the ground he says I was concerned you would be mad at me so I just played it safe nothing ventured nothing gained I took no risks and God says you were the, the master says you worthy unworthy wicked worthless unfaithful servant he said you could have at least put the money in the bank and made interest on it Here's what what's the parrot what's the lesson of that parable? You make God mad when you play it safe. You might write that one down. You make God mad when you play it safe. If you're not taking any risks, there's no potential for exponential growth. If you got the one talent and you're buried in the ground, nothing ventured, nothing gained. God says, you wicked, lazy, unfaithful servant. Now, why does he call him unfaithful? Because God's definition of faithfulness is different than our own. We think to be faithful means to be doctrinally faithful. I I believe the right things. I know the right things. But God says faithfulness involves taking risks. If you're not taking any risks in your ministry, you don't need any faith. And if you don't need any faith, you are being unfaithful. So let me ask you this. Are you going to be unfaithful in your ministry this next year? So, well, I don't know. How will I be unfaithful? By not taking any risks. By doing the same thing next week that you did this week without taking any risks. If you're not taking any risks, you're not risking failure, you don't need any faith. If you don't need any faith, you're being unfaithful. That's why he calls the guy who buried the talent in the ground an unfaithful servant. Faith takes risks. But when you take risks, God says, it makes me smile. God rewards exponential growth. Number eight, the only barrier to exponential growth in your finances in your health, in your ministry, the only barrier to exponential growth is our own unbelief. A couple of examples of this in Mark chapter 6. This is when they, Jesus takes the loaves and the fishes and multiplies it and feeds the 5,000. It says in verse 52, They didn't understand the significance of the miracle of the multiplied loaves, for their hearts were hard and they did not believe. Now notice, Jesus does this miracle of exponential growth. He takes five loaves and two fish and somehow multiplies it to feed 5,000. What's he teaching? The principle of of exponential faith. That little becomes much when you put it in the master's hand. He said this can happen in you. Your life. God can take a little and do a lot with it if you will trust him. If you will believe him. If you will accept the fact that God can do things you can't do. And then he gets in a boat and they start to go to the other side of the lake. And the guys start arguing about the bread. And it says this, they didn't understand the significance of the miracle. Jesus never does a miracle just to show off. Jesus always did miracles to teach. They didn't understand the significance of the miracle of the multiplied lows. Multiplied lows, exponential. For their hearts were hard and they did not believe. The only barrier to exponential growth is our own unbelief. And the verse five and six says this, because of their unbelief, he could not do many mighty miracles. No, he could not do any mighty miracles among them except to place his hand on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Now notice this is an interesting thing to me. God considers healing people not a mighty miracle. We do. Isn't that interesting? He couldn't do any mighty miracles, he'd just heal a few people. <laughs> If we saw somebody healed right now, we'd call that a mighty miracle. But in God's view, that's not a mighty miracle. You know, that's all, that doesn't take much faith. I can heal a few people, here he says. Because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any mighty miracles except place hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. If there aren't any mighty miracles in your life, there's only one reason for it. Your unbelief. He could not do any mighty miracles because of their unbelief. What are you limiting God by because of your unbelief? Well, God couldn't use me in the church overseas, really. The person who says I can, the person who says I can, are both right. The only barrier to exponential growth is our own unbelief. Number nine: the secret of exponential growth is believing God for big things. This is how we have exponential growth in any area of our lives. The Bible says according to your faith it will be done unto you. James 5:16. I love this in the NCV. When a believing person prays, great things happen. Finally number 10. Exponential growth begins with exponential thinking. Exponential growth begins with exponential thinking. Whether you're trying to build a business or a ministry, it all starts in your mind. You must conceive it and you must believe it before you achieve it. Exponential growth always begins with exponential thinking. And that goes back to according to your faith, it will be done unto you. Let me give you an example of this. Ten years ago, we did the most famous of all of our annual campaigns. It, well, actually, a little bit more than that. It's so like 11 years ago. In 2002, we did 40 Days of Purpose. And we were sitting around in a pastor's management team one day and trying to set a goal for how many new small groups we would start. And we came up with a goal that we felt was reasonable. We said, we're going to start 300 new small groups in 40 days of purpose, 300 new small groups. I thought, well, that's good. You know, we'd started uh, a lot like that before, so that's a good good number. We're going to start 300 groups. That's our goal. And I went home, and God began to talk to me and said, "I am not pleased with that goal." I said, "Why not?" He said, "Because you can do that in your sleep. That's not going to give me any glory." You have never attempt, uh, believed God until you've attempted something that can't be done in the power of the flesh. It's only when you move by, there's no way I could do that. Then you move into the realm of faith. If it's a goal that you go, well, we're going to have this team goal for this, and you know you can do it, there's no faith to it. So God isn't pleased. So God said, you guys could do that in your sleep, start 300 small groups. So I, I was kind of sarcastic with God. I said, So, like, how many? <laughs> and I'm, I'm praying to the Lord. I said, How many groups should we start if this is not pleasing to you, Lord? And I distinctly remember the Lord putting in the thought in my mind, At a zero. I, I and Excuse me? At <laughs> <Add> a zero. <laughs> what? At <laughs> a zero. Lord, you're saying we should try to start 3,000 small groups in one week instead of 300? That is impossible. And then I start remembering all the verses. All things are possible with God. What is impossible with man is not possible with God. God has three stages in his work. Impossible, possible, done. (laughs) You know the story. If you were to go to my office and pull a dictionary out from behind my desk and look up the word impossible, it isn't there because I cut it out. I took an exacto night and cut it out. Because if it's not in God's vocabulary, it's not in mine. And uh, so when you use that word impossible, just realize God's laughing at you at that moment said, so God, no, no, all things are possible, God. So he says, add a zero. I said, what's that? And God said, that's exponential thinking. And that's where I learned what I just shared with you. And I started studying the idea of multiplication throughout scripture. And I began to find it all through scripture. And I began to find it all in the kingdom of animals and in the plant kingdom and in the solar system. And, and everything that God does, he puts an exponential factor into it. The reason you are the size you are is because your cells exponentially multiplied. They didn't just add one a day. And so this principle, is, the whole universe is built on it. So God says, add a zero. So I went back to the PMT. I said, guys, we got it wrong. We, we shouldn't start 300 groups because that can be done in our own power. We're going to try to go after 3,000 groups. Mary goes, Rick's been smoking something, you know, and, and no, like this. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and I said, no, this is going to really stretch us. We're going to go after it. And so I remember the following Sunday and I stood up in front of everybody on Sunday morning and I said, we need to start 3000 small groups. So I need 3000 of you to sign up to be hosts it's the first time we'd ever use this term, H-O-S-T. You have to like people, open up your home, serve something to drink, turn on the DVD player. If you do that, you can be a host of a small group. Anybody can be a host of a small group. A teenager can host a group. A senior citizen can host a group. A non-believer can host a group. Because all you got to do is have a nice attitude toward people, open up your home, serve something to drink, turn on the DVD player. I said, I need you... To pull out a card right now and sign up to start a group. Not be in a group, but to start a group, to host a group. And when we collected all the cards, there were 3,200 cards. And I said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to show up tomorrow night. It'll only take one hour of training to be a host of a small group for 40 days of purpose. So come tomorrow night. The next night, 3,200 people showed up. And we began that campaign. Now, do you think we would have had 3,002 people sign up if I had got up on Sunday morning and said, we have a goal of 300 groups. No, it wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have happened. Why? Because according to your faith, it will be done unto you. How are you limiting God by your unbelief? I'll leave you with a couple thoughts. I want you to go back and look at everything you're doing. Look at, if you're in student ministry, look at the programs you're doing in student ministry and ask is it addition or is it multiplication? If, if you're caring for pastoral care, ask is it addition or is it multiplication? If you are uh, working with children's ministry, is it addition or is it multiplication? Are we gonna like add another class next month and add another class the next month? Or is it a way that it classes can create classes can create classes? How do you do that virally? Think about that. Are we multiplying or are we just adding? I'll give you an example. For many years, we didn't have small groups. Instead, we had, instead of studying Bible in small small groups, we studied Bible and Bible studies at church. Pastor Tom was the preaching pastor for midweek service. We had a Wednesday night service. And over the years, that midweek service grew 100 people, and then we added 100 more, and then we added 100 more, and then we added 100 more, and we added 100 more. And pretty soon we run 600, then 700, 800, 1,000 people. We were building that by addition. All the time, the church was multiplying and while we were adding in one, we were multiplying 1,000, 3,000, 5,000, 6,000, 10,000, 15,000. And Tom and I began to realize, even if we went to double services in midweek service, there's still only a whole 6,000 people. And you couldn't get everybody in Bible study. And we wanted everybody in Bible study in this church. So we made a strategic decision to move from something that was addition to multiplication. We said, we're no longer going to have a midweek service where you come here and we add a few people at a time. We're going to add small groups because those can multiply constantly. We now have 7,000 plus small groups. And, and, and so we, we began to do So we, when we killed midweek service, it got a lot of flack, And for a couple months, the people who went to midweek service hated Pastor Tom and me. (laughs) And they were so mad. Why are you taking away our Bible study? We don't believe in Bible study anymore. and We're going to go to another church. We're going to Calvary Chapel because they have a Wednesday night Bible study. God bless you. God bless you. Okay? Okay. Today, Saddleback is the only church in America that has more people in Bible study than on the weekend. If last Sunday we had 24,000 people in church, we had maybe 30, 32,000 people in Bible study in small groups. Do you think we would ever have had 32,000 people studying the Bible if we kept trying to do it by adding a few at a time in the building? No, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So it's got to go viral. It's got to decentralize. And the same thing's true with services. We added one service, two, we added a third, we added four, we added five, we added six. And we go, well, how many services can you add on one campus? I said, we've got to do exponential thinking. We've got to decentralize and have campuses in Orange County and Riverside County, in Hong Kong and Beijing and Moscow and tokyo and all that's exponent does that make sense do you understand now why we're doing what we're doing we're doing it because the other way doesn't require any faith and if it doesn't require any faith we are displeasing god we are being unfaithful we are being faithless and we're not have the smile and blessing of god god loves it when you take risks so we went from, you know, from, uh, from one, one, one location to multiple locations. That's exponential growth. We went from one win study to multiple thousands of studies. That's exponential growth. I want you to take this principle and take it back to your area and think, what am I doing that I'm just doing the same way that next year it's not going to be that much growth because we're just adding a little bit to it? And how, when you think of it in exponential ways, what happens is you end up um, creating systems that multiply. If you know, for instance, I'll just say it like this: If I had said when we started Saddleback Church, my goal is a church of 500 people. Well, that's my goal. Well, then you—it's real simple. You go buy an acre of land, build a building that seats 250, and have two services. But if I believe, as the scripture says, we are called to go to every nation and make disciples, that God has never made a person he doesn't love, that God has never made a person he didn't send Jesus to die for, and God has never made a person he doesn't want in heaven, then we gotta get to those people. We're not gonna get to them in an addition way. We're only gonna get them to them in a multiplication way. Now, any church can do this. Some choose to do it, some don't. Tim Harlow's sitting right here, good buddy of mine. He's an exponential growth church. Okay, he's got a church that's exploding exponentially. And they're, they're a peace plan church. They went with us to see how Rwanda's doing it so they can do it in the countries they're working in. And, and, and this kind of exponential thinking is the choice of any church. But whether anybody else does or not, we're going to do it. Does that make sense? All right, let's pray. Let's bow our heads. And as you bow your head, I want to pray an exponential blessing on you. It's the last verse on the outline. It's Deuteronomy 111. And this is my exponential blessing on your life. And may the Lord, the God of your ancestors, multiply you a thousand times more. And bless you as he promised. May God take your life to bless not one other person, but 10 other people, 100 other people. May God use your life to bless 1,000 other people, 10,000 other people. I'm just going to challenge you to no matter what goals you set in your life, add a zero to it. Add a zero, and when you add a zero, you're thinking and you're acting and you're believing exponentially. Father, I thank you for your word that it's so practical, it's relevant, it applies to our lives in ways that we can never even imagine. Forgive us for small thinking. Forgive us for being people of addition rather than multiplication. When we look at your universe, we see how you multiplied the stars and you multiplied the animals and you multiplied the fish in the sea and you multiplied the grains of sand on the earth and you multiplied people all over the planet. And the very first command that you gave was be fruitful and multiply. So Lord, what we're talking about today is not some minor issue. It's the first command of the Bible. Help us to live our lives in such a way way that our worship is multiplied. That our witness is multiplied. Help us to live in such a way that our work is multiplied. Help us to live in such a way that our ministry is multiplied. That it might bring honor and praise to you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Okay, wow. Steve, those were 10 powerful points. Um, So, how do these 10 principles of exponential thinking transfer to the small group ministry world?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of things. And with every one of your churches, it's going to be a a little bit different of how it's going to shape and uh, kind of mold who you are on each one of these points. But Overall, think through the macro of, you know, you're choosing between growth over control. So you're trying to go, okay, how do I match what the New Testament did all through the books and the, the letters and the epistles of how, you know, uh, growth always played a dominance over trying to control everything. Then there's also a point where it can also, when it's linked with a church-wide campaign, is being able to say, how can it help build a culture of groups for for me and my ministry, but it also will help you understand that when Jesus chose the disciples, he started out by saying, Hey, follow me. And then it was die for me three years later. And when you lowering the barriers of people, you know, moving into a uh, leadership, what you have, if you have a pathway for that, then it's going to be extremely fruitful for you as you have exponential thinking. But let me kind of, because a lot of times you can hear Rick's talk and you can kind of know the story of Saddleback and our small groups and you can think, oh my gosh, they have it all together. But let me take you all the way back to uh, 2002 and kind of just give you the backdrop. You know, Rick shared this to our staff meeting, uh, you know, years and years later after the event, but what happened in that moment? Rick kind of gave this similar talk, but he walked into our management meeting and uh, he, you could tell he had something on his mind. And he just kind of said, he kind of looked around, and he looked over to me and said, hey, Steve, how many groups do we typically start in a year? And I said, well, you know, generally in a year, we'll start about with our connection strategy, we'll, we'll start about two to 300 groups in a year. And like a senior pastor, he goes, Oh, great. But So 300. And I go, well, hey, hey well, not really 300. It's said two to three. And he took the 300 and he goes, what I want to do is I want to talk to you guys about exponential thinking. He kind of went through these 10 points and at the conclusion of this talk, which by the way, you get the shorter version of the talk. Uh, but at the conclusion of this, he just said, you know, we normally start about 300 groups. I want to add a zero to it. And I want you guys to figure out how can we start 3,000 groups. And and the great thing is, Rick said, hey, this isn't Steve's problem. This is all of y'all's problem. I mean, this is something I want you all to work on because it's a church-wide initiative. And so what happened through all that is that, you know, it sent us into, you know, kind of working through a number of different aspects, okay, by listing out what are the barriers? What are all the barriers that stop people from saying, hey, I could lead a small group? And, and as you start to, you know, go through this whole exercise then you start to understand this is how we came up with the, the host strategy, which kind of led to the two friends strategy. If you don't know the host strategy, it's, you know, have a heart for people being willing up to open up a place, you know, serve a snack and, you know, turn on the video at that time. It was the VCR version. Then it was the DVD version. And now it's the streaming version. But what happens in all that is that we start to understand that, you know, we are taking away the barriers that were causing the issues inside our church family to see the church growth that we, that we wanted to see, not only in our small groups, but in conversions and discipleship and people getting into serving and into ministry and uh, so many other pieces with it. But what happens is, is that you start to understand that during this time, we, we figured out the host strategy and we, we said, you know, hey, Rick, if you're saying because we realized we had people, more people with the gift of hospitality than with the gift of teaching. And so what this whole exponential think process work through went to is helping us understand, OK, what are the things that we need? And that's the master teacher into every group. And uh, that's where our video cryptium strategy came from. And then we needed to understand, you know, we had to have a pathway for group leaders to go on that took them from come, come and see to come and die. And then the whole aspect of trying to figure out, okay, you know, what are all the tools and the resources that, that we need to create for them in this whole process. And when you, when you see a play out, if, if you under, if you go back to 2002, we had, and don't get lost by the numbers, but we had about 825 groups and uh, at Saddleback Church adult groups. And then what happened was, is Rick, you know, this is the release of Purpose Driven uh, Life. And this was our very first campaign, a lot of excitement built around. And Rick said, you know, I've been at this church 25 years. If if this church has touched your life, I want you to consider hosting a group. And he went through, you know, the whole thing. If you have a heart for people, if you can open up a place and that can be any place. It can be, you know, your clubhouse and your apartment complex. It could be your house. You could be, uh, you know, your office space. It could be a coffee shop. It predominantly was people's homes. But if you can open up a place, I want to I encourage you to, to start, you know, just to jump onto this, uh, this experience of, uh, of a churchwide campaign. And and it all bubbled out of this these ten principles of exponential thinking. Well, w- what happened was is that you know Rick was praying for three thousand, and it is true three thousand twenty three people signed up to host a group. Now, what happened on the backside was is, is where the big learnings came from, and and that was is that you know we were freaked out about you know, uh, the stats on the backside, because when we looked at the 3,023 that signed up about 900 of them were what we call our risky groups. And those risky groups were people that, you know, either they weren't a follower of Christ or they, um, they didn't, uh, they weren't in our database. And so what happened was, is we were trying to collapse all these to people that were what we considered to be safe people. And in that whole process, we ended up getting after collapsing, we got about 2154 groups going through the campaign and we were happy and rocking with that. We gave out uh, the the uh, VCR curriculum at the time. We we had the booklets. We had everything, you know, locked and loaded and, and all that. And and this exponential process was well on to its way. Now, we're going to talk, Derek and I uh, are, are going to do a show in a couple months on church-wide, uh, how to do a church-wide campaign. So you may have some questions about that, and we're, we're going to cover that in, in Nauseam. We're going to go through the 12 ingredients that make up a church-wide campaign. It's also in my book, Small Groups with Purpose, in Chapter 17. But for the, for the purpose of this show and talking about exponential thinking, What happened was, is that the process worked. What happened was, though, is we almost shut down what God was going to be doing in a really sweet way. Because it's true, we collapsed 900 groups. And after the church-wide campaign, we had about uh, 1,456 groups that were continuing on. So we went from 825 groups. We went all the way up to 2,154 because we chickened out and we collapsed a bunch of them. And we came out of the campaign with about fifteen—I mean, fourteen hundred and fifty-six groups rocking and rolling. So you can see it as either we lost seven hundred groups plus or minus, or we gained seven hundred groups plus or minus. We like to focus on the optimism. But what happened in that process is uh, at a baptism service one time, uh, and I'll speed date this for you. Uh, but we we talked about um, sure. we had somebody there that was getting baptized. And part of our culture is is when your small group is showing up and you're part of a group family, we want to to pull a leader into the baptismal. And what happened in this particular time was is that, you know, when we said, okay, who's your leader? The guy in the baptismal was saying, I'm the leader. And what happened was is that, it it, you know, I'm just like going you know, part of the process was he had only been at Saddleback four weeks. He accepted Christ two weeks ago, and I was trying to connect all the dots in the baptismal as I'm talking to the guy. And what happened through that is that what we learned was is that he accepted Christ in his small group because he did what we asked him to do. We asked him to gather, you know, a few of his friends and just host a group. And through the curriculum, he accepted Christ. Now, this kind of you know rocked our world in thinking because when we were thinking HOST we were just thinking Christians doing it but what we discovered that is if you've got two friends you've got the gift of leadership and it's just one of the pieces that kind of opened up through this whole whole aspect of exponential thinking that you know we had such a conventional way of how to do things and what it what we learned from it is that When you're willing to believe God in exponential ways, the Lord will do some amazing, some amazing things. And so one of the principles I want you to capture from this, and Derek, you can kind of wrap up the show from this. But one of the things that I want you to capture is that to master change in exponential thinking is a change agent. It'll change the way you think. It'll change the way you approach something. It'll change the way you do things because the whole thing behind exponential thinking is saying, Hey, if you add a zero to something, it's going to force you to think through things in a different light. It's going to force you to, to kind of go through, okay, are we structuring too much for control? Not enough for growth. Are we focusing too much, uh, for you know just trying to do programs and not building in a, a culture of groups. Are we are we are we lowering the barrier and just leaving people there? Or are we lowering the barrier and discipling them through the whole process, which is what we what we do. But to master change, your paradigm must switch from what you will lose to what you will gain. And part of what happens is that, you know, so often in church world When change happens, we're more concerned about what we're losing than what we're gaining. And when you go through this whole piece on exponential thinking, I want to challenge you. Look through these 10 principles and really seek out because in small group ministry, it has changed how we do things. Now, you're a small group point person listening to this, and we're excited to, to have you on the show. But what's going to be super important for you is to understand that you can sometimes be the bottleneck, and I want you to be an exponential thinker.
1: Steve, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall and seen the reaction of your face when Rick told you to add a zero that first second.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it was uh, it was kind of comical because uh, you know where my mind went to is I said, "Is that in everything?" Like. Can I do that to my salary? Can I add a zero? And uh, he was quick to snip back at me and say, uh, "No, we're not talking about your your <laughs> earthly goods. We're talking about eternal. We're of talking course. about eternal stuff." Yeah, he had so, so many so many uh, great
1: one-liners in the uh, audio we shared there. I liked the story and the example he gave of the, of the insidious exponential growth of the lily pads.
2: Yes, it, is that crazy? And it, it's it's like, you know, something that can be seen for, uh, you know, good can sometimes be detrimental, but it can also be sometimes life life giving. But it is uh, that, that brother knows more about agriculture and things that I never would have thought of. Yeah,
1: I love the one other quote he said: "Courage is not the absence of fear; it's doing the thing you fear." That was really good. Well.
2: Yeah. And I, and I got to confess, you, you talked about, you know, what, what was it was like in that management. It's, and it's so easy to look back decades later and go, oh yeah, so peace cake, you know, as you know, we've, we have been flowed with it, but it, it is amazing how fear, which is why we collapsed 900 people, not we had, when I look back on it, I had 900 people saying I'll lead a six week group and we killed them and tried to collapse them with Christians And um, thank God a couple slipped through the crack to help us uh, figure out that God was really up to something.
1: Well, there are your 10 principles of exponential thinking. Uh, We hope that this episode encouraged you. We hope it equips you to lead a small group ministry better and healthier. And we just Mm. want to say thanks to everybody for spending part of your day with us. And until uh, next time, goodbye. See you later, everybody.
0: Thank you for listening to Steve Gladen on Small Groups. If you like what you've heard, make sure you subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. If you want to learn more, make sure you check out smallgroupnetwork.com for more resources.